0: The more languages you speak, the more person you are.
1: Herzlich willkommen.
0: Bienvenue.
2: Bienvenue.
1: Dabropajala. Welcome
2: to my phone podcast Learn from and with a language learner. Yeah, exactly. Learn from and with a language learner. Learn with me. I am Daniel Goodson, the host of this show. And this is the second part of the interview I conducted with Stanek, who is an English teacher from the Czech Republic. And if you haven't yet listened to the interview on episode 37, I mean the part one, I definitely recommend you to do so before you listen to this episode number 38. But now buckle up and have fun. Yeah, and, and it's also interesting to listen to this uh, episode because you integrate different plays, always related to to uh, English learning, and and oftentimes you speak about games and and also about um, table board games. So yeah. I I guess you, you are really into this uh, kind of of things. It's one of your passion, I guess. Games.
0: It is, yeah, it it's is yeah the board games in general and card games is just I've always been into this. I've always tried to make my own games, and it's as you say, it's my interest. and what I often do is I try to kill more birds with one stone and um I think board games can be a very effective way of um, approaching the language and 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 the what's what's why is that? Well, the main reason is because they are enjoyable. Uh, because the the students they lose fear to speak, the the anxiety goes down, the effective filter is is low, and that's exactly why uh, they're a great way to to improve students' um, fluency. you know, so I'm a huge fan of this. The truth is, the way I do it, it can't always be justified because I don't always have a name. But I'm aware of this. I should have some sort of an aim and there should be some language um, outcome of that, of the lessons. But sometimes, you know, it just feels like I just want to play a game with the students, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but if, yeah, I was, exactly. if I was if I was assessed by some sort of an inspector or um, assessor <laughs> based on all the necessary criteria of, of um the right, in quotation mark, the right teaching methods and the way to teach um, a, a, language, a foreign language, then I, I wouldn't always pass, I guess, because <laughs> 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 you, you should have some aim and um, you should have some target language and all that. But um, either way, I think um, as long as the students
2: feel that this can be beneficial for them, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you because I think it is way more important to to make them passionate about something, you know, that um, mm-hmm. if they are not bored, then they are into it and, and they will be engaged, they will improve their language. And, and, and that's amazing. And I also like games, different games um, mm-hmm. on the computer and also... Table board games, and and I know also a card game, a trading card game called Magic: The Gathering. Oh, okay, maybe, yeah. Maybe you know. I
0: um, I'm well aware of this game, and um, I haven't played it. I haven't played it. I'm I try to avoid it for some reason because I know it's a huge thing. It's like a it's a cult, and yeah. I know the the players they have to buy the decks. You know. So I, I'm not willing to invest um, like additional additional money in this, I guess. But but I know it's a great game. I'm, it's a deck building game, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's one of the greatest disadvantages of the game that uh, you have to spend money or a lot mm-hmm. of money in it. But on the other side, the good thing is also that every card has uh, a lot of text in it, you know, mm-hmm. and and of course I I have them in English. And so you have lots of beautiful texts and, and it's it's all fantasy related. And, and from there, I get also a lot of uh, vocabulary out. And that's a, a great thing in terms of uh, learning a language. Absolutely. But
0: actually, I have to be very careful when I prepare the games that I play in my classes. And that's because... If if I if I chose a game like that, that I would I consider this um, um, medium weight or heavy game, and I, I can't really go for any of these games in my classes, and that's because not everyone is into this kind of thing, not everyone is willing to learn um, uh, com- very complex rules, and also I would spend maybe good twenty or thirty minutes explaining the rules, and the lesson would be gone. So I rather choose some simple bluffing games like the Resistance or um code names it's it's a game with pictures um games that my students can quickly get into and yeah i i um i have more success with games like that with lighter games
2: yeah that's understandable of course and by the way do you learn other languages um i should i probably should <laughs> <laughs> I
0: learned German when I was about between between fifteen and eighteen um I learned German, but I don't really my German is very very rusty. <laughs> I should brush up on it um yeah it's it's something like a one or so. <laughs> it's really bad
2: <laughs> so it's not on your schedule to relearn German then i guess
0: <laughs> not not at the moment but i i know like there is a saying we have in our langu- uh, in our uh, in our language that the more languages you speak the more person you are and i really respect the people who can learn more languages and i think well you are from switzerland aren't you
2: yeah exactly
0: yeah so so swiss people they all speak so many languages it's it's amazing
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right
0: <laughs> so
2: and, and even our dialect is completely different from from the German. I mean I speak Swiss German, mm-hmm. but let's say German people they can't understand me when I am talking in my own dialect. But mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the
0: good thing about this is that when when you can speak more languages, it gets easier actually to learn another one. So
2: Yeah, you know. definitely. Definitely. Where did it come, this passion of uh, English learning?
0: I think it was some sort of a gradual development, I would say. Well, at my grammar school, which is some sort of, it's a type of secondary school that we have here. We actually call it gymnasium, which is not what it means in English. Gymnasium is a gym is something else, but we call it gymnasium. It's basically something like a grammar school. Um. I did like English, but (laughs) there were things I liked more than that, like doing sport and anything else and play games, anything else than just learning. Because at that age, I was basically not motivated enough. It was partly me, partly the teachers we had, the the ways they taught us. It was kind of in Czech, you know, Um, throwing, throwing in bits of English, but mostly in Czech. So it wasn't very enjoyable, uh, but but I liked grammar. I, I always liked studying grammar. I was always into that, like seeing some sort of logic in things. And then what happened was that I went to a school of economics and it wasn't really my cup of tea. So after one year, I left um, the school and went to England. And in England, um, at first it was really hard to get used to the the native speakers when they spoke. I could not understand a single word. Although I did have good English at the time. I thought I did. In in terms of my grammar knowledge and vocabulary, I I was able to read well, but the listening, I was really bad. And also because like when you speak to native speakers, yeah, they don't all speak like Luke Thompson, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that's the problem that's the problem so when you speak to people in streets they speak very fast they um they swallow some sounds and they like they do a lot of elision so it's it's really hard like i wasn't i wasn't trained for that my ears weren't trained to that and so i i had to get used to it but after after a few months i was better and better and then um Eventually, I thought my, my my listening was good enough to function uh, in the language. Uh, so, so when I came back to the Czech Republic, um, I knew and th- that whatever I wanted to do in my life uh, had to be in English or it had to be connected to English. And I also always wanted to um, go to university, so it was an obvious choice for me to study um something in English. So I went for English teaching. And at university there was a lot of uh a lot of English. Obviously all the lectures and lectures were conducted in English. And um so I kept going and I guess so it was some sort of gradual development I would say.
2: That sounds really interesting. And um and I'm wondering how you could overcome these obstacles in England, when you couldn't understand the native speakers first. So maybe you have a tip
0: or... or... If, if you are thrown out there the way I was, it's like you don't have a choice. What I did was that I borrowed even some money to, to be able to get there. I had to borrow money. It was um, it was a lot of money for me. And I, so I, it was quite a lot of pressure. So I had to quite uh, find a job quickly. and You don't really have a choice. It's like you go off the deep end and immediately you're out of your comfort zone it's it's different it's like it's probably the hardest thing I have ever done in my life to be honest with you I I have never been able to um, to do anything more difficult than that I guess and I should I'm at the point when I should do something like that again actually
2: and so was um, there a a point where you wanted to to give up um you mean like leave and go back not really
0: no I think I think it it might be my personality, but I'm quite determined, and I hate losing. Yeah. And it would I would be so ashamed to go back. It was it was the greatest fear I had to go back and just uh, like show up and tell everybody that I, I I failed, my friends and my family. So I didn't give up, of course. But I think the the most important thing was that after about ten days, I found job. And when once you find a job when you're living in England and and you know like it's there is some sort of job security, which there wasn't really at the beginning, but once you find a job you're um in the safe zone, you know, you're out of the boots.
2: Yeah, I see.
0: Because you can pay pay all your bills and stuff, that's what matters really.
2: Yeah. And so um Also, the Delta diploma was a big issue on your on different uh, episodes of your podcast. So maybe you could um, tell a little bit about the Delta.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, why did I even take this uh, exam? Or it's a first, first and foremost, it's it's an English course. It's a course for English teachers um, organized by Cambridge, and the Delta. It's like the top level. like non-university top level. Okay. So for people who don't want to study at the university and who want to take a shortcut, let's put it this way, um, into teaching, they, they go for CELTA, first of all, and then there's the Delta. Delta, it's, it's a lot of work, but I would say it's a little bit less work than a university. So why did I even go for this in the first place? Actually, I didn't have to, right? Because I, I had already had a, a degree by, by that time and a uh, university degree, t- English teaching degree. So there was for no need for me to do that. But um, so I decided to take the Delta because I thought it could improve my chances of finding uh, a teaching job abroad. And um, so that's what happened. And then so I took Delta last year and it was it was a two month course in summer and basically it was from the morning till the evening a lot of work I could you cannot really stop during this uh, intensive uh, course there's like no time for you to stop really (laughs) they even advise you to just um, stop everything you're doing Uh, you shouldn't have any commitments commitments
2: like uh, podcasting?
0: You, you, no, not just podcasting, but uh, it goes further than that. You, you're you not supposed to have drinks with your friends or uh, oh, really? have a partner. Well, that's, that's a distraction for you, a huge distraction. You just have to focus 100% on the delta because it's so much work, so many boxes to tick, so many essays to write, and so many classes to teach and so many lessons to attend that you don't really like if if you did that you would be it would be um downfall for you you know so you don't really have a choice yeah so i did i um took the delta it was a lot of work i managed in the end i passed it and um then i recorded uh, i think it was five five episodes about it
2: it's really interesting because i think it's really special that you cover that many different uh, topics on your podcast. There are interviews. There are English-related uh, episodes. There are hmm. there are topic about uh, the Delta diploma, the, the CELTA, and uh, it's it's really amazing. I think you don't have a website. I think
0: I don't. I don't think so. But um, I do have a Facebook group.
2: And what about your podcast? Um, what are you planning? for the future. Do you have any project in mind? or
0: What do you mean? Well, I'll just keep going. I'll just um, keep doing the episodes as they are. Uh, so this is sort of hodgepodge of episodes, different kind of episodes, as, as, you, as you mentioned it, uh, with natives, non-natives, some monologues. I, the, I've got one that I want to publish soon. Uh, it's finished. It's edited. Actually, I didn't edit this one at all. It's 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 ready to be published. It's um, about how I took IELTS exam, and um, and then there will be some more interviews with my students, I guess, and then just things that you know that happen. <laughs> I'll just go go along.
2: Yeah, and I'll just yeah. So where can we find you besides of uh, Audio Boom? You are on iTunes as well. I think, I think I am,
0: yeah. Well, you just have to um, Google Zdenek's English podcast and it will it will then um, direct you to where you need to go. So Zdenek's English podcast, Z-D-E-N-E-K apostrophe S English podcast. And just Google that and um, you can find me on iTunes or like I said, there is this Facebook group as well where you can just join and you will be you will be keep updated on the news on the latest episodes on the latest published episodes and they will be kept up to speed there and also audioboom.com
2: all right thank you very much stanek it was a pleasure it was really great to talk to you
0: well, i have to say thank thanks for having me and um i'm really flattered by uh, by what you have said about my podcast on your podcast and it's it's a it's really an honor, and I think you are a great interviewer, Daniel. Really,
2: thank you very because much.
0: You, you can follow what the interviewee is saying, and then you ask really good questions.
2: Thank you very much. That's so great. All,
0: <laughs> so all the best with your podcast, and I hope you keep your numbers up.
2: So that's it for today, guys. I want to thank you very much for having the patience to listen to my show. Before I finish up here, I want to show you a few parts of different episodes of Stenek's English podcast. Oh, and the very last piece was not from Stenek's English podcast, but from a former podcast of his called The Crazy English Podcast.
0: It is a pleasure for me to welcome back my friend, Oroney. Hello. Hey. How are you, Oroney? How have you been?
3: I'm all right, Dan. I can call you Dan, right?
0: Yeah, you can call me whatever you want.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I remember you mentioning when you were working in England that people yeah. would call you Dan because if your name is too difficult to pronounce. <laughs> exactly, oh, exactly. In my head, every time I would talk to you, I would go, oh, <laughs> hey, Dan is online <laughs> There's a tribal sense I, I get from my class, like 90% of the students in my university, in my class, at least in my courses, are Dutch. And the, the only friends I made so far as it is, are from Greece and Myanmar. Mm-hmm. But the, everyone in Dutch, like they joined this course, it's an international course, it's taught in English, so they figured it's going to help improve their language. Yet they stick within themselves and they speak their own language and they, they're very, you know, within themselves.
0: That's ironic, isn't it? It's absurd. It is.
3: It 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 kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense because, okay, if you go to universities, let's say my friends who go to universities in USA or Canada or Australia, you have a very diverse class. You have people coming from all over the world to study there. So they integrate better because everyone is coming from a different culture. Everyone is thousands of miles away from home. So, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. But here, it's 90% of the people who come to the university. They already have friends from high school. Yeah. They already have their families living there. So they're but, in a comfortable situation. But Orni, I still don't get it. As an English teacher, I don't get it. And
0: also about Kingdoms of Deceit, which is a board game that I have been developing. And Sean happened to, happened to be uh, one of my play testers at the time. So. <laughs> And he just sent me a message saying that you might be a, 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 the ideal person to, <laughs> to record on this podcast because because of what you have just basically said that you you mm-hmm. studied in the Czech Republic and you also kind of dabble in uh, English teaching, which I think uh, is certainly something we two have in common. So mm, definitely, I thought to myself, why not interview you on on my podcast? And and you seem to be up for it. So
1: yeah, absolutely. That's that's,
0: that's cool. Um, so um, in the Union, obviously everything was very easy for you You didn't need any visa or anything like that No,
1: and in fact, you know, the, the Erasmus program with that nice grant I mentioned is a European-wide scheme that Russia doesn't participate in so that was mm. helped by the European Union as well and while I was on Erasmus, you know, there were students from all over Europe and you meet someone from Slovenia who spoke... Czech, Russian, French, English, Polish, and Croatian. Oh my or something. God. kind of a polyglot. Exactly, because, you know, all these, all, all the people in, you know, your country and the surrounding countries, they just all speak all the languages, has been my experience. What languages do you speak, Stanek?
0: Well, <laughs> I just speak English and Czech and possibly Slovakian, but yeah,
1: I understand
0: actually... Slovakian, but i can't speak Uh, studying at university and even studying a foreign language and and that for me that's something that makes a difference to be honest
1: yeah I'd say that to study a foreign language is essential if you want to teach a language because really you won't learn how how grammar works as a system until you've had to learn a language you don't know because when you're speaking your own language you don't think about how it works so a lot of native English speakers you know, they can speak English, mm-hmm. but they don't know how the language works, so they can't teach it. And it's not just... I, yeah, excuse me. Sorry. Go on. I actually think I think this thing of um people going abroad to teach English just because it's their first language is quite arrogant. So I've met a lot of people who English wasn't their first language, but they're actually much better teachers. Hmm.
0: Well, it's really great
1: that they... they... In Bangladesh, running a
0: classic site, and a huge Arsenal fan, Aaron is 8.
1: Hi there from Bangladesh. Thanks for
2: inviting
0: them. Dan. A famous Czech long-distance cross-country skier and probably the biggest star of Crazy English Podcasts, Vratislav Kartáč. Uh, guten Abend. And a little round-headed buffoon, that is Carl Pilkington. Hi. Uh, the guests I have invited for today, they all have something in common, and that is passion for sport. They all honestly love doing sport, doing physical exercise. The only exception being Carl here, who does absolutely nothing. Yeah. has a reputation for being...